0: Hello, and welcome back to Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. Today, we are doing a deep dive into all things science. Welcome to Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. I'm Erin. And I'm Amanda. This is the podcast to encourage moms that have been at this homeschooling gig longer than five years and plan on sticking with it through the high school years. The long haulers, as we like to say. We want to help you have the greatest of all time homeschool that meets the needs of your family by encouraging you with real conversations on the issues that pop up as you've been in this homeschool lifestyle for years.
1: So it'll be fun to try and see if there's people out there that need the encouragement and if there's anything that we can do to help others as they get started on their journey, that'd be awesome. That's what we're here for.
0: We would like to talk to you about a really fun opportunity that we had this month to work with Mel Science. We each got a Mel Science kit gifted to us from Mel Science, and we told Mel Science that we would do an honest review of their product and I'm happy to say Amanda and i we loved the science kits absolutely. Love <laughs> they're them. awesome, yes, yeah, yeah.
1: And that is an honest yeah. review. We really did like them. And I, I think I'm going to have to buy the kits and get a subscription to it.
0: Yeah, it's exactly. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had the chemistry kit that I used with my 13 year old and, you know, I'm not a sciencey minded person, I guess I love science, but I'm not one to just pull out kits and use them. And, you know, I order science kits of my curriculum and half the experiments will go done and undone, but it's not something that I enjoy doing, but I can honestly tell you working with Mel's science kit was fantastic. They have the app that goes along with the kit that you get. So you download the app on your phone and it will walk you through, you just click whichever kit that you get, and it literally walks you through step-by-step the whole process to have great success with your experiment. I was telling Amanda that this is like one of the science experiments, the very only ones that have actually turned out for me, because usually I don't know what I do, but the things don't bubble. The chemistry doesn't connect. And I just, I get flustered, but this is yeah. fantastic. Super easy to use. I uh, highly recommend ML science kit.
1: Well, you know, and we're ones that I buy science kits for fun. We do science for fun, you know, and uh, we got the physics kit that was for the 13 to whatever it is, 15 year olds. He's not into physics. Like he's into marine biology. I don't know what kind of science kit we can get for marine biology, but I chose the the physics kit and super simple, e- easy directions. They're super easy to follow. It didn't take us very long to get them done from start to finish. There's like four experiments in the whole box. We we did three out of the four, but we were doing it for like 20 minutes. And my husband breezed through the room while we were doing it. And he was like, oh, cool. You know, and he was looking at it. And my older son walked through and was like, what are you doing? And we're like, we're looking at scotch tape on screen through these paper glasses. And we looked super silly doing it. But um, so they were all very curious about what we were doing but it was way neat. Like you make a prism and stuff like it was, it was cool. And, you know, at the end of the, doing the experiment through the app, you can submit a photo and the, they respond to you and give you feedback on your picture. And that's cool. Like we've done a bunch of other science kit and none of them have that. So I thought Mel science would just be one of the, then a horse of a different color, you know, didn't same, same thing just looks a Mm -hmm. little different. But they're not. It's totally different. I really liked it. It's cool.
0: Yeah. What I loved. So, I mean, if I'm going to spend money on something, I want to make sure that it's quality materials. And I can honestly say that the materials in the box that we got for our science kit were really high quality. Nothing was broken when we got it. You know, like sometimes sometimes I've gotten some things and it's just not high quality for the cost. And so that's another thing that I really appreciated about the science kit. The ease of the app, I'm not one that likes to download apps either, especially Mm -hmm. first, you know, something that might be used again or not. And the app was super easy to use and download and gets right to the point. And I love that you can earn little badges and coins and things like that as you complete your projects. And I like too, that whenever you're going through it, there's a video of a science teacher telling you what to expect and what to do next. But then also you can click on little links that show you more information uh, so that you can be learning as you're going, and not just following the steps of the um, the process without understanding more about what you're doing and why. it right. they, they explain are it. Yeah, they mm-hmm.
1: explain what you're doing and why it works, and all of that. You know, that good stuff, that good science that you want to learn. When we've had others, other kits, they don't do that. You know, you just kind of follow the steps and, ooh, look, it's magic. And then, well, why does it do it that way? And we don't have the answers for it. So this is really great that they. Included all of that in there. Look, it's like they thought of everything. It is. Yeah. It sounds like we're yeah. being paid to do this, but we're not. We're just got the free <laughs> kits and just need to share that with you. And, Erin, you want to talk about the promo code?
0: Yeah. So, um, with our partnership here with Mouse Science on this review, they gave us a promo code for our listeners and it is GOAT, all caps, G O A T. And that will get you 50% off of your first box. When you sign up for your own subscription to Mel Science. you can go to MelScience.com to do that. And this code is good for basically the month of July. So if you're hearing this, it's good until the end of July, 2022. And we hope that you um, get a kit. I think it'd be great. It's a really fun thing to get mail, but then another thing when it's like educational mail and you can use it towards school, it's just really fun. I know my kids always love getting getting mail, so yeah, and they've got kits for all ages too. So uh, I got one, and Amanda got one for our older kids, which I like too because a lot of times things are geared towards younger kids, and this actually had something engaging for my middle school student and I really appreciate that. So if you have any questions, you can reach out to us at Homeschooling podcast at gmail.com. So that's that. You know, like Amina and I never want to seem like we're just promoting things that we wouldn't use ourselves. If I yeah. wouldn't use it, I wouldn't tell you about it. And if I have used it and I didn't like it, I would tell you that too. So <laughs> hopefully you trust us and absolutely. Yeah. One more thing about
1: Mel Science that they do they have chemistry kits, STEM kits, physics, coding and medical. So that's one of the only ones that has actually like medical kits. So just check out their website because there's, you can look at the different um, options available. And I think that's pretty nifty that they have
0: yeah. medical. And we can put a link in our show notes as well for this. Absolutely. For Mel Science and with our uh, GOAT promo, promo code. code. Yeah. So one of the reasons that we wanted to work with Mel Science is because we wanted to do an episode and kind of do a deep dive into science, what we've used, what works for us or not worked for us. Uh, Just some thoughts on that for your listening pleasure. So Amanda, do you want to start us off with your science since you're more of a science-y? I had a six-year-old
1: asking me what gravity was. And so we were watching YouTube videos on gravity with, you know, while he was eating cookies and drinking milk and snuggling his little stuffed dog. So we've been there and done that. There's a lot of YouTube channels that are really good. Amoeba Sisters is one that he still currently watches a lot of. What was the other one? There's Gross Science is another one. She hasn't been on there a whole lot, but if you have boys in particular, and sometimes there's gross girls too, but there's boys overall are more grody. And she has some pretty gross science stuff on there that's all <laughs> very valuable information that we still talk about and we haven't watched it in a long, long time. So we've used edX, we've used um, Coursera. I wanted to talk about the scientific method because when, when as homeschoolers, oftentimes we go towards curriculum. And like you were saying earlier, you buy a box, box curriculum and you'll maybe do the experiments in the curriculum and sometimes not. But if you have a science minded kid, sometimes it's really hard to buy all the things to do all the Mm -hmm. stuff. And so if you look at if you break it down into what is the scientific method? And what does that mean for my homeschool? The scientific method is very simple. It's observation. You research the topic, hypothesize about it, you test it, you analyze the data, and you report your conclusions. You can do that with anything. So Mm -hmm. science can literally be anything. And learning about those different things, my son figured out water displacement theory when he was in the bathtub, you know, Hey mom, when <laughs> I drop the toy, look what happens to the water. And then we talked about water displacement theory. And he was like, I don't know, six or seven. So when you have that, like you can literally do anything and it become a science If you have that curiosity and you want to test the hypothesis and you want to let your kids get dirty, it's okay to do that. And you count it as science because it really is doing some of these kits, like what, like the mail kit. That's really cool. You know, we haven't been super successful with doing curriculum because it is so in the box, right? Like you have Mm -hmm. this checklist to check off, well, this is what we're doing. So things that have worked, like real science for kids, before I turned to the Christian curriculum, (laughs) I use the real science for kids. And it's more secularly based, but the, for the younger kids, the um, experiments that they have in there, like there's like first and second grade mm-hmm. stuff for them, and for that particular curriculum, and it's really, really good, and it's really well written. And you know, you're talking about gas, and I mean, you boil water, you take an ice cube, and mm-hmm. you end up boiling, like that kind of stuff, and that's really good. And it's getting, it's kind of getting messy, it's pulling things out in the kitchen, but it's super simple. It's super easy to do. And if you need ideas, it's good for that. And what kind of curriculum Mm -hmm. have you used?
0: When we first started homeschooling, I was very insecure on my decision and wanted to make sure all of my boxes were checked. So I I literally bought box curriculum. And that isn't a knock to box curriculum at all. I still use it. I love it. And I, you know, have now that I have more security in my decision to homeschool and we've done it enough. I've branched out. And so I, you know, will sometimes use maybe the box curriculum for science as a spine. And then I will branch off from that into just, you know, interest-led learning. So we started out when the kids were little, uh, using sunlight and their science program, which I really liked when they were little, because it was a lot of reading. And there was a lot of books like the Usborne books with the internet links. And those were just fantastic. It would click you right to, the cute animal video that you wanted to watch to learn about zoology or whatever. And, um, so I really liked stuff like that. And then I also tend towards more of a nature study when the kids were little, uh, being outside a lot, talking about the sights and sounds around us, you know, our local nature, uh, that kind of thing. So I think that's really easy for me to do is more like let's get out in nature and just observe. And then from that observation, let's do that internet research, you know, like you talked about using different uh, YouTube sites and things. So uh, that's kind of where we started. Then we moved more into, I used apologia a little bit, uh, and we formed kind of a little science group that would meet and we would do uh, our history and science together. And that was really fun to do kind of the messier projects, uh, cause Apologia is very hands-on. There's like <laughs> so many experiments and things that are hands-on that you have like every lesson, it seems like. So for some people that's like fantastic. And that's what you want to do for me. It's a bit overwhelming unless I have the accountability of another family or families coming around side me to do that with me so that we can all kind of pool our resources and clean up the mess together. That's kind of more my speed. So we, we moved into that. Uh, we've used Apologia. Um, we have done other boxed kits before that are, you know, the monthly subscription things and just, you know, hit or miss. It was either we really love it or we don't love it. So we've moved around a little bit in our science. Yeah.
1: Remember that science group that we had super, super secret science group that we had that we met at your house on like one Saturday a month. <laughs> Remember when you did that?
0: When you yeah, were talking, so- I was
1: thinking about that. It was so much fun. We, well, okay, I wish so- We would have continued
0: that. Right, so a little history. Super Secret Science Club was—I don't know—there were what five, four or five families. Yeah, something like <laughs> and that. And so we wanted to meet on the weekends because we wanted the dads to be able to participate. So we did it once a month, and we did it for I don't know several months. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really neat. One of the dads was an engineer and did a whole presentation in based basement with uh, with the kids on engineering. Uh, we did some rockets and some fun stuff like that. So yeah, that was really fun. And it was super secret because, you know, anytime you post anything on social media, everybody's like, oh, that looks so fun. Right. I do that too. But you know, uh, one thing we've we've all learned is boundaries and <laughs> having our own thresholds for how many how many kids make something a fun activity, you know, how many families, uh, because it does get overwhelming when there's like 40 kids trying to stand around a rocket versus like five <laughs>
1: <laughs> can I join your it. club? No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, we only, there's only six chairs at the table. That's
0: it. Sorry. Yeah. No more kids. <laughs> <laughs> or you can pay me $10,000 and I'll school your child. Right, subject. <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> uh, we joke, but seriously though, I mean, that is one piece of advice I would give for, you know, if you've been homeschooling a while, you, you already probably know this, but some of our listeners that have reached out are newer to this. And yeah, if you want to do something sciencey and you maybe aren't as confident in a subject area like science or a specific area of science, find a couple people that maybe feel the same way, or maybe find one friend. Like we've got our friend, Carla, who is just the best when it comes to explaining things. And we just absolutely love her. And we've done some co-ops with her. Mm-hmm. Where she was Absolutely amazing. And- yes.
1: And you know, I'm still a little hurt that she moved, but I'm putting well, my faith in God that she's moving back. I think she's only going to be there like three years and then she'll move back and bless us with her presence again. We'll see. Carla, if you're listening, yes, that's my plan for you. So just, you know, start planning that out. <laughs> Carla was amazing. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And there's no shame in that either. Ladies, if you are not someone who loves a particular subject, whether that be science or something else, you know, we have a community around us in the homeschooling world that either there's a co-op where you're maybe communicating your concerns or your fears with your friend. And maybe that friend and you can team up together and maybe you're better at history and she's not. And maybe you want to trade off like you know, Hey, I'll, I'll work with the kids on history and you do science or maybe it's math or whatever. Yep. And especially, I think as they get older, you know, I've got now two high schoolers and upper, upper middle schooler and a kindergartner soon. And so science for me, if I had to keep up with all of the different sciences that they're all doing, Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they're not all doing the same one. Um, I am planning on the boys doing biology together this year, so that will help. Uh, so now I've got three sciences to do and thankfully little one is, uh, you know, at that nature study stage. So yeah, actually fun.
1: I have a book that you can borrow and I say borrow intentionally because it's signed by the author. And so it's very important mm-hmm. to me, but Colleen Kessler um, is someone we'll have to do some Amazon links for her. Um, she is essentially a science. She's this very sciencey person and she speaks at um, homeschooling conferences and stuff. Um, But she has a couple of science books out and I forget the name of the one that I have, but I will have to find it and pull it out for you um, because it is, oh yeah, it's like backyard science. It's a hundred backyard activities for younger kids. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's all very sciencey, but that's my book that's signed. So you can borrow it. I'm saving okay. it for my grandchildren. <laughs> but your little one would really like it. You know, when you get into the dirt and you play with bugs and all of that kind of stuff. And there's lots of fun things that you can do in it. And um and your older kids might even enjoy it. So Yeah. Um, well Colleen Kessler is a good one to look up. And yeah. her, she's got several books that are really good. And of course, YouTube is really good. If you have like a bunch of people that are a bunch of things that you don't want to get dirty, then just they can watch The Lab or whatever on YouTube mm-hmm.
0: and you can call it a day. What were you going to say, Erin? Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, I think we've mentioned this before in a previous podcast, but we actually met the first time at a park because I put together a little field trip or a group to talk about worms. And I had gotten this book called yucky worms from the library and thought it was fantastic. So we went to the bait and tackle shop and got some worms and there were, I don't know, 30 kids and moms just hanging out at the park, looking at worms and reading this book together. And, you know, I just, that was one of my most fun memories when the kids were little doing that with other moms and science lends itself to group study, because it's just amazing when you see the awe in someone's face or the aha, like moment when they see why something is the way that it is, or, They figure out something that they didn't know that they actually enjoyed a lot. And it's great to experience that with people that you love.
1: I look back on that so fondly. And that was one of our first um, homeschool field trips. I just pulled my youngest out. It was overwhelming. And but meeting people there, I was like, you know, let's just go try this. And it was at a park near our house. And watching you read that book, I was grinning from ear to ear, you know, like this is (laughs) Totally, what we need to be doing, you know, and it was just yeah. an affirmation for me. And then he's he, he said, he jumped up on the picnic tables there at the park and just dug his hand
0: straight into those worms. <laughs> I think you guys took all the worms home with you. There. We may have, right? I don't know, yeah, I don't
1: remember that, but um,
0: I think I, you I remember your cry. child, yeah, <laughs> saying, um is it okay if we take some of these home? And I said, all right, just put them back in the container and you can ask your mom. <laughs> right? He probably did because that was
1: how he was. Yes, you know, I mean, so he would funny. be the one that would dig with his hands in the front yard and find worms and then put them all together in a pile because he would make a family
0: out uh-huh. of worms
1: and he would name each one of them and they had to stay as a family. And yeah, I would take him to the park and he would be chasing birds. Like that was- <sighs> <laughs> my kid. What? I don't need to be on a swing. I don't need to go down a slide. That's scary. I'm going to be over here chasing birds. Let me know when you're ready. Right. to come. You know, like that was my kid. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's so funny. <laughs> so that brings me to another thought that as I'm thinking through science and homeschool, like there are those of us moms that really like the hands-on, like let's get dirty in the house and I don't care about the mess. And then there are those of us who are like, yeah, I don't want the mess to clean up. Cause I already have a mess from earlier than I didn't clean up. And that's just adding to the pile, <laughs> but bringing it to a park, you know, if you're working with things that aren't going to harm the environment or, you know, cause any damage to the area, you're not blowing anything up or, you know, whatever your science project is getting together in a neutral place, like a park or playground or somewhere that, you know, maybe there's a picnic table and you can get all the water out and let the kids splash around. And, you know, that's what you do there. Or, you know, if you're worried about food coloring or I don't know, it's just so much easier to clean up something that's outside, or even just taking it into your own backyard. You don't even have to leave your house, but take it out of the kitchen, you know, Mm -hmm. spray off the deck or whatever you're going to have to do.
1: You've done that so many times. I remember in your old house, you would have these like, um, minute to win it games at birthday parties for your kids. And they were super messy and you would straight up set up the big old table outside in the front yard and just let the kids go at it because you you were not going to have that in your house. And that was just like, I just love it. It's just, just thinking. And it's such a simple thing. Sometimes we just need that reminder, you know, that it's yeah. okay to take things outside and it can be blazing hot outside. That's all right. These kids are still going to have fun with it. And you don't have to be out there for long. You know, when we had the super secret science Saturdays, we would have, when they did the rockets and stuff, there was a field <laughs> within walking distance, hundred yards or 200 yards from your house. And so that wore them out. That was nice. They could go walking through the woods, to find the open field and then go do the rockets. And they were gone like maybe 30 minutes and half of that time was walking. But right. it, was good. it was so good because they could get that energy out and they could still do that science experiment and leave whatever mess there was. I mean, of course, we're not going to dirty up our parks. I'm not saying that. But, you know, do things outside and it's okay. in those safe, messy <laughs> things. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and then another way to get outside with science is I had a hiking group for a couple of years, Wild Explorers Club. Uh, and so some of the kids were actually working towards badges and that, and there was a lot of sciencey things in that club, but we had a hiking group for a couple of years and I did make it a closed group because I wanted to build friendships with the people in the group and be intentional with meeting weekly. And so we would do three weeks on one week off. And meet for a hike for the afternoon, one day a week. And that was supposed to be more of just like, let's get our kids out in nature, get some exercise and things. But it was also very much science because we'd come across animals and bugs and snakes and water and rocks and all kinds of geological things. And it was just so much fun to get out there with a group of moms. I think at our height, we had 18 families. And I think I'm about 40 kids total (laughs) with that group. And so imagine a group of like, you know, 60 people walking through the woods on a Wednesday afternoon, that was us. And we'd get a lot of looks from the, you know, hiker uh, population out there. There's, you know, older people that want to be alone and enjoy their quiet nature. And then there's this whole like screaming brood of children running at them with sticks and (laughs) (laughs) It was a sight to be seen, but it was another fun way to get out and enjoy nature and science and, uh, be very light. Uh, there are a lot of different age ranges in that group and ability levels and, you know, special needs children in there. And it was just nice that the commonality was just that we were all together walking outside. And then what we would gain from that was just amazing. You know, anytime we'd come upon water, they were instantly in it. And we'd be sitting there for at least 30 minutes while they splashed around and explored and find the crawdad or look at this fish, or Ew, there's a dead bird, you know? <laughs> so I'm trying to science doesn't else. have to be in a box.
1: Yeah. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And I wish that we would have been able to meet you guys. I had something else going on on the days that you were doing your nature walks. And every time I would see pictures yeah. of them, I'm like, oh, Like, yeah, we do it on a different day.
0: Yeah. I know. Yeah. We just, yeah, but we should, maybe we should start doing that again where it's just, well, that's the thing. I am going to start doing some more outdoor things with the kids for PE credit too. But yeah, I think that's the thing that I I really find frustrating is everyone wants to make time when the kids are little to get them outside and play and have nature. And then as the kids get into middle and high school, that time just kind of like fizzles out. And I just, I find it's like pulling teeth, trying to get a group of teenage hikers out for once a week hike a couple of times a month, which is so sad to me because I feel like they, anytime we do it, they love it, yeah. but it doesn't seem to be a priority for many people. And I get it. There's a lot of other things pulling for your teenager's attention, whether that's a job or, you know, harder classes, but I, I will always fight for Right. Get them out on nature walks. Well, and what's an hour a week
1: or an hour yeah. two weeks? You know, that's such a good thing for them to be out in. And we know we do 4-H and they're doing hikes um, in a 4-H hike hiking group. Mm-hmm. And the time that they're doing it, we're not able to go. Aww. And so they talk about it in the main group and they're like, oh, well, get your nature journals and stuff. And so my son's like, I need a nature, nature journal. And without realizing that we're not able to go. So I need to be able to, I need to do that. I just need to make it a priority. And, and that's, that's where I lack where you're so motivated and go out and want to be outside of the time. I want to be outside of the time. But I don't want to be hiking. Hiking is not my favorite <laughs> thing. I would rather be like hanging out with my chickens or something. You know, I need to make myself do it because I know it's so good for him and it's good for me too. It's good for all of us as moms mm-hmm. to get out there and just enjoy one another and stretch our bodies a little bit. And uh, take a nature journal and do some drawings or write some poems or, you know, make some observations about the world. And that's such a good thing for anyone of any age to do. So, us yeah. moms need to have nature journals. We should have nature journals again, Aaron, we we
0: should. You that. know, okay, let me tell you about nature journaling. Everybody's all about nature journaling. So, at the beginning of our hiking group, that was one of the intentional things we were going to try to do is like, we're going to meet at this time, we're going to find a spot to sit, and we're going to do our nature journal. And what ended up happening is my kids didn't want to sit in nature journal. And I was like getting so frustrated. I'm like, this is what we're here for. You know, you need to like find something in journal and draw your little pictures about it. And they'd be using their pins as like swords and then they'd get a stick and then they get, you know, their, everything turns into a weapon. And it was just like, you know what, these kids, they really just want to go and be in nature and not really nature journal. So our group really walked away from that intentional sitting time. Some parents, I think afterwards would have their kids do it because they didn't want to let it go or their kids really enjoyed it. Whereas some of ours didn't. And, um, so that was kind of funny to see, but I will like say this as well with the hiking, we did it for two years, basically pretty consistently. And it was amazing to see at the beginning, the kids, like the little ones and the moms. And I was one of those moms too. Like, don't get too far away. Don't, don't get on that rock or that's too high. Or, You know, really freaking out about them experiencing this nature stuff. And by the end of that two years, the amount of growth that we would see the kids have, where, you know, the timid kid at the beginning that was afraid to walk across the water because it was moving was like hopping over stones like five feet distance away from each other. It was just amazing. So it was so good for them, not just in the science aspect of what are they observing in nature and what are they finding and then going home and looking up later or drawing later or naming the parts of later, but they're, there's physical abilities. It's amazing. I yeah. love it. <laughs> All right. I'm going to start hiking <laughs> <laughs> and hiking, hiking. Okay. Let's define hiking here. This is a slow walk, keeping up with the toddlers, you know, like the, for a lot of us, we'd have the little ones and they'd set the pace and the big kids would be like so far off the trail that we just didn't even, you know, see mm-hmm. them, but I brought a whistle. And so our rule was always, if you hear the whistle, stop and find your parent and that worked really well. We, you know, we a good idea. Lost kids twice yeah. on the trail and <laughs> all of those hikes. There was only <laughs> two incidences where we had to wait and it was kind of scary, but yeah. You know, I was in Campfire good. Boys and
1: Girls, similar to Girl Scouts, only better, um, when I was a kid. <laughs> and I was in it for like 14 years. And I got my Wahila Medallion, which is like an Eagle Scout. Um, and wow. when we were in the woods, um, when we would be camping or whatever, and someone gets lost in the woods, we had a a song that we would sing out, like a chant that we would sing out to find one another. I only had to use it once, um, but it worked, you know, because you it's so distinct. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna do it. So don't ask. <laughs> it's it's so distinct that you it's not just yelling someone's name through the woods, you know, it's it's different than that. But I like the whistle. The whistle's way better. <laughs> it's a great idea.
0: Yeah. Um we gotta get creative because, you know, you just had to have some boundaries there was like this, this full spectrum of kids that were like, you know, naturalists from birth and then just like go anywhere and do anything. And then there was like the kids that wouldn't leave mom's side. And so it was like trying to balance those things and give freedom and responsibility for the older kids, but then also being mindful of the pace. So yeah, that's anyways, yeah. I mean, I just, you know, when you talk about science, it, it, I think, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, it was just kind of like, you know, boys are more into math and science and girls are better at English and history. Like that's literally what I was told when I was in elementary school. So I just always kind of in the back of my head thought, you know, I'm not probably going to be good at that because I'm a girl. So, and that's so dumb, isn't it? Like Mm -hmm. I can't believe that educators would tell students this. Um, so that's kind of my mindset. And so I just grew up thinking I'm not great at math. I'm not great at science. So I'm not going to really apply myself to those, even though I love nature and I wouldn't be starting nature groups or wanting to do messy science things at my house. If I wasn't really into it myself. So it's kind of been like this healing process with me, with my own education, Mm -hmm. doing these hands-on things with my own kids that, you know, I would have really probably liked that if I had thought that I would be good at it. But
1: You know, I don't remember that much about science classes when I was in school. There's a lot of like I I hated I was so abhorrent to school that I would just like my favorite part of school was being done with it. So I, you know, I didn't have the greatest of experiences with it. But science class, my favorite part was dissections when we did dissections and I, I only did the minimum because I hated it so much. So I only did the minimum science that I had to do to get through. But mm-hmm. if I had to do it over again, I would have done all science. Like I, yeah, you know, that's one of those discoveries that you make when you're done and you mm-hmm. don't have to do it all of a sudden you love it. Um, yeah. And so I've loved doing dissections with my kiddo, my science kiddo and he and I will sit at the kitchen table. Like he dissected a starfish one day just because he felt like it, like, What's that? Homeschooling. It's uh, a homeschoolscience.com, I think, where they have the big kits that you can buy and lots of different science kits and things. And one of Mm -hmm. them is just this really big dissection kit. And he did, he, I still have some of it left because they're all in formaldehyde. They'll last forever. But um, Mm -hmm. so whenever he feels like the need to dissect something, we'll pull it out and he'll sit at the kitchen table and dissect So funny, like, you know, you wouldn't think that would be a Saturday afternoon pastime, but that's how he rolls. So I, you want to dissect, if you want to dissect something one day, Aaron, will pull something out and you can dissect it.
0: You know, that is not my strong suit dissection. (laughs) So in my high school experience, we had to dissect the fetal pigs. We had to dissect, you know, owl pellets and we also dissected cat
1: it was really disgusting. Mm, that'd be hard. Yeah. I did frogs. I remember the frog and the cricket, but I didn't uh-huh. do more than that. So, but I really enjoyed the frog, like really, really enjoyed the frog, but having a mammal would be difficult. I would think.
0: It was. Yeah. Our cat like had a mangled eye. It was just like Ooh. in this horrible state of like decomposite. It was just terrible. And it smelled like the formaldehyde smell really got to me. So I was always like yeah. begging my teacher, can we please open the door while we do this, you know, and put a fan over here so I don't have to smell. Like it was just bad. I'm very sensory, like smells bother me. And so I And I like the formaldehyde smell.
1: You know, (laughs) like the formaldehyde was like, Yes, it's dissection day, you know.
0: Oh gosh. Oh yeah. So formaldehyde candle for (laughs) Christmas (laughs) present for Amanda. Oh gosh. Oh no. That's crazy. Yeah. And
1: I know that you're you're sensitive to that kind of stuff anyway. And I'm the opposite. Uh (laughs) It's funny. Yeah. We can dissect stuff outside. That's okay. You won't have to exactly. smell that way. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Yeah. So I think that's pretty much, you know, as I'm thinking about science, it's exciting. And I think it we can have these mental blocks like I've had, or just the mess can be a mental block, or the amount of preparation or work. Um, and there's no shame. And like you said, watch the YouTube video. If mm-hmm. you don't want to do it at your house, that's totally fine. Your kid is still gonna learn the information. And if they are maybe more like your child that wants to dissect those things, then maybe it is a great idea for them to join a co-op or mm-hmm. get a, a couple of families together and find that mom that loves doing those things and maybe and it doesn't even have to be like a full semester or a full year. It could be like, Hey, this one week, there's this one thing that I'm really not looking forward to in our science curriculum this year. Would you mind? you know, whatever it is. And I bet you'd be surprised how many people in the community actually really would love that. Um, and think outside the box. Maybe it isn't like your homeschool mom, friend, maybe it's grandma or grandpa that really right love doing that. You know, I just, oh, mm-hmm. I just Go thought of something.
1: Oh, sorry. I just thought of something, um, NASA, not just, you know, the, the uh-huh. gross, the gross science, but, um, NASA there is, uh, you can actually email NASA and they will, Mail you free stuff. There's posters, there's papers, there's games, there's stuff that they will mail you, and all you have to do is just email the lady, um, and she'll do it. So there's a lot in Nat Geo, Nat, you know, National Geographic. There's lots. There are photographers, which I know that you've done because you've scheduled some of these uh-huh. field trips. There are photographers with National Geographic that put on presentations for school groups, and so if you can find some in your area that are doing that. Then they put on, there was this whole presentation that we watched about parasites and we were just absolutely enamored with it and loved every minute of it, um, where he Mm -hmm. was taking photographs and doing studies of different parasites and the symbiotic relationship between parasites and hosts and, you know, all these kinds of things. And like, it was super cool. Do you remember those? You Uh like that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 So super neat stuff. And it just doesn't where you can actually go and watch the presentation or, have a relationship with the people and, um, just, there's just so many options out there. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. If I, I'll, I'll try to look up the net, NA, the NASA email address and maybe we can post it.
0: Um, yeah. Nat Geo live was wonderful at the, mm, yeah. Um, Kemper. Yeah. Lots of good yeah. stuff. That Our Kaufman center, the Kaufman yeah. The Kaufman yeah. center for Performing arts. They had the Nat Geo lives and it was like $2 a kid to go and watch yeah. this world renowned person yeah. Um, and we haven't even touched on the whole topic of kitchen science. Right. Cooking is one of the most fun ways to talk about chemical reactions and what is baking soda doing. And so, cooking is another fun way that I like to bring science into the home, and uh, my kids really like it. And we like the fruit of our labor <laughs> in the kitchen when we've That's done good for science. math
1: too. Math, you can do yeah. math and science by cooking, Absolutely. and you get you get a prize at the end.
0: So I think those are the The main points that I was thinking through as I'm talking about this dive into science, it it doesn't have to be anything that you don't want to make it like if science in your homeschool is a stressor for you and it's not an enjoyment or an exciting thing, I mean you still kind of need to do it, but um find a find a way to do it in a way that makes sense for you without feeling overwhelmed by that. I agree. This was a good episode. I'm all right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and in there. I'm sure there's like a thousand topics we did not cover, but you know, such is life. We have only limited time in an episode, but Same um, for another day, I guess. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll think of it afterwards. So maybe we can start a discussion on our Facebook page. Hmm. So again, uh, millscience.com, our promo code for this month is GOAT, G-O-A-T, all caps. And that'll get you 50% off your first box in the subscription that you get. And thanks for listening. We really enjoy sharing all the things that have really like helped us in our homeschool and, you know, both of us, I think kind of come from this place of, I hate to really say like, you have to use this curriculum or do things this particular way, because we all know we've done this for years something could work for a semester for one child and then not work. And that thing that we thought was wonderful is not so wonderful anymore. Or maybe the thing that didn't work last year is like the perfect fit for us this year. So find what works for you. We always want to encourage you to, to do that. Just run with it. You've got freedom ladies and you've got people in your corner that have been there, done that, and we want you to be successful. So if you have any questions or comments or suggestions, whatever you have, you can email us at goathomeschoolingpodcast at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook on our page or our group, uh, Goat Homeschooling with Erin and Amanda. So thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for listening today. We hope you'll subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to suggest topics for us to discuss, or if you have any questions, find us at Goat Homeschooling on Facebook, on Instagram, at Goat Homeschool, And email us at GoatHomeschoolingPodcast at gmail.com. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.